inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It's time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by The Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction on Gregory Drive in South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more. They're in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations, hours, and specials. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Walcott, a family milled lumber for all your many projects. PR Lumber, they're on Facebook as well. By Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And by Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel, they bring you the In the Garden podcast. Find Dandelion Acres Garden Center online at dandelionacres.com. Telephone lines are open at 802-244-1777 for your gardening comments and questions for Peter Burke. And right now, here's the host of the program, the aforementioned Peter Burke. (laughs) Inch by inch, row by row. Yes. Inch by inch, row by row, the chipmunks are eating my tomatoes. Yeah. Well, I want a full report on those those uh, those peppers, buddy. Did you like them? Or did I you absolutely not? love them. I chopped them all up. Yeah. And and sautéed them with uh, with garlic and olive oil. Ooh. And then I had some boiled spaghetti that I had. Yeah. Just. You just know, plain spaghetti, plain no spaghetti. sauce on it? No sauce on it, but I threw that in the olive oil, the mixture, a little salt. And then after it all, everything all fried up, oh. threw some Parmesan Ooh. cheese on it, oh, grated yeah. Parmesan cheese, let that melt a little bit in the pan, oh, and it man. was delicious. Oh, that sounds mm-hmm. great. Uh, that reminds me of one of my favorites is uh, I take uh, um uh, eggplant. Mm-hmm. If you have a full-size eggplant, you chop it up into about uh, uh, three-quarter inch pieces. Oh. And you hot fry that, and then after you hot fry that for a little while, you you slice uh, cherry tomatoes and put those mm. in. And then you hot fry that, and then you put in uh, some spaghetti or, or linguine or something, and then just, you know, saute that all together. And at the very end, we actually used uh, a gorgonzola cheese mm. and let that melt just to put the top on. Oh man, that was that was really yeah, absolutely good. But, wonderful. Well, if I wasn't such an animal lover, I would have thrown a few chipmunk fillets. There. <laughs> <laughs> if then, only. Yeah, I don't know where they came from, but they said, "Oh, it looks like the tomatoes are ripe." Yeah. And of course, I oh, have no, all they my, didn't. All my little indeterminate ones are kind of close to the ground. Yeah, I'll yeah. never do that again. I'll uh, always have the uh, the tomato cages or the trellises that you use. You no, know, oh. because they, when they yeah. were close to the ground, they, and as, as you say, they just take a bite um, out of one and then right. go to the next next one. one yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I knew you were growing a lot of tomatoes, that's for sure. And uh, uh, before Joel left, uh, before Lee left from the show and you took over, um, he asked me about his uh, zucchini plant. He said he had plants but no fruits. And uh, it's a common problem, and he's actually the second person who has brought it up uh, this month. 
And uh, there's a couple of things that it could be and a couple of things you can do about it. And um, uh, the simple thing and probably the most uh, likely is that um, if you're in, if you don't have a lot of flowers or fields of flowers, you may not be getting uh, enough um, honeybee action in your, in your, uh, in your beds. And that'll, that'll make a big difference because what's happening is you're, you've got your male flowers, you get female flowers, but if they don't uh, pollinate, then you don't have fruit. And sometimes you can tell if you're having problems with pollination because you'll get a, a little fruit that just simply turns brown at the end of it, more or less. It's not well um, uh, pollinated. And, uh, of course, you can, you can uh, uh, play matchmaker. And, uh, you know, use a cotton tip or they sometimes people recommend using a, you know, a paintbrush, a, a one of the fine tip paintbrushes for, you know, for, for, um, you know, artistic painting. And they usually, oh, either a sable tip or some sort of really fine, soft. So anyway, what you do, the, the two flowers, two types of flowers, easy to tell which one's which. The male flower, which is where you want to get the pollen from, has a long stem and it's a small flower. The female flower has a, is, is very large, okay? And, um, you'll see sometimes at the very bottom there's a, there's a little bulb in there, sort of like that's the egg or the, the ovary, you know, that's where, that's what you're trying to pollinate. So the, so you, you first dip into, um, and you can use a Q-tip for this too. Dip into the male flower and then go ahead and, and uh, dip into the uh, female flower. Now, if you only have a few bushes and so you might have maybe 20, say, flowers or so, that's a pretty easy job, you know. Um, if you have a field of them and you're having that problem, then it's time to get a, a, a beehive or else put something to attract the bees. Um, uh, for for me we have uh we have the um the creeping thyme and and the uh um some uh, comfrey and both of those attract a lot of bee uh traffic into the garden so it hasn't been a problem for us but um that's most likely and and uh, uh Lee was mentioning he had just cleared uh, uh some uh, trees and um and so it might be that there just isn't enough uh, around the house to attract a, a good group of uh, of regular old honeybees. Uh, bumblebees can do the job, but uh, they're not quite as small, and it's a little harder for them to get into the male flower. So um, uh, they may not be able to do the job. But uh, in in the case of if that's you know what you're seeing, then. Um, that's what you want to do, get out there with a brush or a Q-tip. Of course, you know, they require a certain amount of sunlight in six to eight hours of sunlight. And if you don't have enough sunlight, then you'll, you'll have that same problem. And then the obvious is they, they need plenty of water. You know, they're the, the big fruits, right? There's 90% water, so they need to be watered on a regular basis. So... Hopefully it's one of those things, and hopefully that um, that can be remedied pretty easily. Um, so um, let me just see here. I uh, I stopped again at the uh, Plainfield Farmers Market and went and saw Alicia at the Littlewood Farms, and uh, uh, she had uh, she had the peppers again. So I'm going to get some more of those. And, uh, uh, and definitely we'll be planting those next year in the garden. And, uh, so, uh, but I, so anyway, I, I wandered around the Montpelier farmers market, uh, this morning after, uh, after I finished work, working overtime Saturday morning. So, um, I stopped in there and it's just, it's a, it's a delight to see, uh, everything, um, that uh, that our local farmers and market gardeners are producing just uh, vast numbers of tomatoes, but wonderful different varieties. Uh, LePage Farm has, oh my gosh, just like so many different things. All of them, you know, uh, are 
are it's just wonderful to see. I really appreciate that. Do we have a call? Oh, Norm. Hey, Norm, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, not bad. What's going on in your garden? Well, <laughs> you're talking about bumblebees. Now, I don't have the large bumblebees. I had them earlier this yeah. year, but the little bumblebees, they're really miniature bumblebees, have been doing all the pollinating. There's no honeybees down here. Uh, except for when I had my milkweed in, weed in blossom probably mm-hmm. a couple of months ago. They showed yeah. up all of a sudden. But yeah, yeah. Now it's just the bumblebees. And my second question is about peaches. Did anybody have problems that you know of with peach trees this year? Because I did the first time in, I think, uh, close to 20 years. Really? They did and, not blossom. Oh, they didn't blossom. They did not blossom. Oh, so uh, how do you prune them when you prune your peach trees? Oh, I tr- I would use a lopper with a long handle on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I've been doing it the same way for years. I've okay. never had a problem. But oh. everybody that I've talked to uh-huh. that does have peaches, now I've given some of them away because these things are uh, heirloom, I guess, of some kind because they produce trees around my uh, mature trees. Oh. You know, the the. Yeah. the Ones I don't get the pits from, they'll drop on the ground and they'll produce a tree every now and then. Uh-huh. Uh, those, uh, I've got people that I've given those trees to mm-hmm. over the years, mm-hmm. and I contacted a few of them, and they're having the exact same problem mm-hmm. that I had this year with no blossoms. No blossoms. Well, uh, unfortunately, is that sometimes it's just a matter of timing. If it's either too hot or too cold, at a key point, at a key week or two weeks, um, it it will affect the the blossoming, and and that's you know that's can be a a problem. So I'm going to suspect that either it was too hot or too cold at that particular moment. Now, in uh, in the yard where we're, in the house we're staying right now, there's uh, pear trees, and we noticed on those pear trees that a couple of trees blossomed early. And those don't have any pears on them at all right now. And then mm. the other ones that blossom a little bit later, I'm, I'm just talking maybe uh, 10 days later, those are just absolutely loaded. But they're different varieties. So right. uh, I'm, I'm going to say that it's just a, a, a batter of bad timing. That would be my first guess, not knowing exactly what's going on. But the second right. thing that, that a lot of people have actually been having problems with is that it was so hot for so long that a lot of the trees just simply expired. They, they quit, you know, they just sort of shut down business and said, you know, we'll wait till next year. And then the third thing, but this must probably is not your problem because you're pruning is that if you don't prune, then Right. Any fruit tree, apple, pear, peaches, whatever, will go into a sort of a two-year uh, cycle, uh, uh, a boom and bust kind of cycle, where you'll have uh, a lot of uh, fruit one year and and few f- fruits the next year. Now, do you thin your uh, your fruits uh, right after the oh, June drop? Oh yeah, you do. Okay. You have to thin. I thinned them probably four or five times last year. Oh yeah. Well, you're doing everything right then, and so it yeah. has to be. I never had any problems before, though. I could always count well, on them. Where you things. where you say that other people with the same variety had the same problem? I would have to say it's got to be the weather, because I, I don't know of any particular uh, fungus or or uh, uh, insect that was attacking just the you know the, the peaches. You don't see any signs of bugs on there or anything. No, and they never, never, never produced a blossom. So, yeah, so you didn't as far as insects course. attacking the blossoms or anything, <laughs> just no blossoms. <laughs> no None. blossoms to attack. <laughs> there was no there there. <laughs> oh, oh lordy, that's frustrating. I'm sorry to hear it that. Is. And and uh, particularly when you're looking forward to homegrown peaches, that's for sure. Oh yeah. So do you? Uh, this is like a. This is how did you start with this peach variety? What was the it's a it's a late variety. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but it doesn't start ripening until about mid August. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they'll go right through until heavy frost. 
Wow, that's a nice. Well, I picked beach. them really in like the first few days of November before because the weather was mm-hmm. conducive for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're an heirloom type because they do produce a, a little small trees after a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the mother tree to all of these that I had down here, uh-huh. quite a few years ago, maybe twenty to twenty-two years ago, um, started producing. Um, Pretty well. Yeah. And then I was taking the peaches and, you know, uh, pitting them and, and uh-huh. putting, slicing them up, put them yeah. in the freezer. Yeah. And I took all the pits and put it out by my mulch pile. Uh-huh, yeah. Well, a couple of years later, I was late mowing my lawn because I don't overdo my lawns at all. Mm-hmm. And I went over to the mulch pile and there were these trees that are about four, four feet tall. Oh, Three, three to four feet tall, oh, and they had leaves on them. And I said, those leaves look exactly like yeah. the peach, yeah. um, you know, the peach tree that I bought a couple of years ago. Wow, that's a real So fun. I planted yeah. them, and they were only 10 feet apart, not yeah. the thing. So I dug one of them up and moved it about another, I don't know, 10 or 15 feet away. Sure, and yeah. planted that, yeah. and they both survived. They're very hardy. Yeah. Wow, that's that's uh, so they're, you're they're real lucky doing, there. They were doing really well until this year. I didn't know if anybody else was having problems or, mm-hmm. or what. Yeah, kind of a mystery. It is a after mystery all these years. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and we know it's not the uh, pollinators because you didn't have any flowers to pollinate. No, it didn't have any flowers. No, yeah. there was nothing. That, no indication that that's got either too hot or too cold at a key time, and that's that's. That's what it yeah. has to be. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it has to be because we saw that happen with the with the pears. They, yeah, my pears are doing really well. My barlets are doing really oh, well this nice. year. <laughs> How many trees yeah. do you have? Well, I had one uh, back in the 70s, a barlet that I moved from my original home location. Yeah. Uh, and I moved to another piece of property that we have here. And I dug that tree up, and it was pretty good size then. Yeah. And this is just a testimony as to how, how hardy they are. Yeah. Moved it over to where I'm living now, which is about 300 feet away. <laughs> okay. And I planted it here. Mm-hmm. And that tree had sustained a little stress uh, near the top. Mm-hmm. It kind of died back, but I just trimmed it off. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's been producing pears every year since. Wow. Well, lucky there. Yes, I guess so. Uh, that uh, yeah. that's that's when a tree is that old, it is hard to to, to yeah. transplant it. It's starting to grow up, you know, new uh, suckers that I've let uh, take over the top, mm-hmm. and yeah. I'll be actually uh, trimming those back so I can keep it with you know within the distance of, that I can climb with my stepladder. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good thing. So you're not up high and. That's uh, yeah. one of the reasons that I like the smaller trees, you know, the dwarf and semi-dwarf. And, um, right. and some varieties are just smaller by uh, by yeah. nature. That's so, what I'm going to do if I get any more trees at all. There's going to be semi-dwarf. And yeah. Somebody that I gave a tree to this year said that it was a mini a semi-dwarf uh-huh. and dwarf and yeah. mini-dwarf. Oh, no kidding, mini-dwarf. Yeah, that's what they said. I said I'm well, uh, there was an interesting article in the uh, Mother Earth News oh, months ago. It might have been last year, actually. And uh, this lady was talking about using a, a standard size, a standard, you know, rootstock and yeah. uh, just cutting it down and pruning it to be a dwarf size. And I, I had never thought of that before, but that seemed like such a clever idea. And since I lost uh, some fruit trees here after our house fire, I I thought maybe I would replant with a uh, try that on a couple of the beds. Because what what I'm doing is I'm planting my trees in the in the back of the four by four bed on that one foot strip in the back with a trellis, mm-hmm. and uh, training them on the trellis to try and keep them small. And keep yeah, them I've, uh, I've actually done that to some cherry trees. I had two different, well, same kind of cherry tree, but they were standards. Yeah. And I called the extension service, and they said that I could cut a third of those trees without damaging them. Oh, is that right? 
Yeah, so I climbed up into the tree. I had to use the limbs of the tree to get up where I needed to go mm-hmm. and took my handsaw and just cut the top off. Wow. But now these things have grown limbs that have gone back to their original height, if not higher. <laughs> and I'm not climbing up there to do that again. And they've taken some kind of a hit, too, with uh, yeah. their their branches. There, A lot of them have died this year. It mm-hmm. looked like they've died because the leaves came out and then they, they uh, just fell off. Wow. Boy, uh, I don't remember specifically a late frost, do you? Well, you know, I was talking with someone about my black, oh, the extension service. Yeah. Uh, I called them and asked them if they'd had any problems with the black raspberries because yeah. I had what turns out to be a blight. Yeah. And it's been going on for years, but it was really bad this year. Mm. So I called her and she finally gave me a call back and, she said, have you had any problems with winter kill this year? Because a lot of people have been calling in and saying they're having problems with winter kill on their black raspberries. Mm. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what these cherry trees had, some kind yeah. of winter kill. Yeah. It sounds it sounds right, and it's sort of adding up into the same conclusion. So I, I would say that's probably what happened. And uh, let's right. talk next year. <laughs> we didn't have I didn't have we didn't have a bad one. We've had uh, no, winter uh, since these trees have been around. There were a lot were more a lot worse. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I but like I was saying, is it could just be it was that particular those particular uh, days. You know, a one week when. You know, it uh, um, it just was bad for those trees. Like the pears that I mentioned, you know, there were some early bloomers there, and then next thing I know, there was no fruit on those at all. But all the other ones that came up later, you know, were were fine. So yeah, I remember you talking about covering up. Um, oh, what was it? Peppers. Yeah. Earlier yeah. this year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I actually have hoops around the, my raised bed and. And I got bird netting over it, and yeah. then I just took blankets and covered it all. Mm-hmm. It's a four by eight. Mm-hmm. That's so, a good size. So, and then I uh, made sure that uh, they didn't get, you know, too cold. They're producing, you know, some of them are producing some really big peppers right now. Mm-hmm. And it kind of outgrown my uh, raised bed, so I'm going to have to raise the hoops a little higher. Because that soil that you recommended, yeah. I've done all that, and mm. I've actually just replanted uh, some spring crop. Yeah, uh, you know, with radishes and yeah. spinach. And Perfect that timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have what was called an heirloom. Um, oh, let me think. What's that called now? Heirloom shard that oh. my nephew gave me. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if that's because it's an heirloom shard, but the deer got into it and and, and chomped it right off right close to the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they All looked. you could see was, you know, you yeah. couldn't see any leaves or anything. It was gone. Yeah. It's all come back. Yeah, it will. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of chard. It is it, Swiss chard is what we're talking about. And um, uh, the Ford hook, uh, you know, giant Ford hook is probably the oldest and most common variety. You know, we've seen a lot of varieties now, the reds and the, you know, the right. uh, bright lights Green. and all those things are. Um, but, yeah, the that particular variety is a cut and come again. It is very, very productive, no question about it. Is that it. because it was an heirloom? Yeah, that's a Ford Hook. Giant Ford Hook is the, the oldest okay. variety, and it's not a it's not a hybrid at all. It's, um, I'll make sure that's what I get next year for yeah. seed. Yeah. Now, um, I, I don't know if you heard me earlier. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking about the deer had come in, and they had stripped all the leaves off my broccoli, which I've never had them eat the broccoli before. They stripped hmm. all the leaves off of the kale, and they stripped all the leaves off of um, – uh, the Brussels sprouts, every every particular um, cabbage family plant except for cabbages. They didn't touch cabbages, but they they ate down a whole row of my peas, and they oh. and, and there were some radishes I had interplanted in there, and they ate those. So they were really hungry this year because I, I have never had them come in particularly now. I, in the fall, they'll come and sort of do a cleanup, and and the chard, of course, is the first thing that they hit. But right. um, you know, I, you would think 
maybe it's just the heat that there isn't good forage for them out there. I don't know. But um, um, I would definitely be putting up a little electric fence next year. Yeah, I've got electric fence around my corn and my strawberry plants. I put in strawberry plants again this year, and they're running really well. But um, somebody told me that a deer came in and ate their strawberry plants. (laughs) And I've had this fence up uh, in different Mm -hmm. locations. I just gathered it all up and moved it to a different spot because I moved my corn. Last year I had corn that the stalks were like, 11 feet tall, 10, oh 11 my. feet tall, oh they started to develop ears, and then all of a sudden they didn't grow. Wow. So uh, interesting, when I was talking to uh, the lady from Littlewood Farm, she had corn, but she said it didn't pollinate well, and the ears right. were only about a half, you know, half size. And right. uh, she was selling them for like 50 cents an ear, and and uh, that was fine with me. They were, that was this year? Yeah, it was this year. So I, I uh, wonder what would make a, a corn plant not pollen well. Well, I looked up in my, I got a gardener's Bible, and they said yeah, it yeah. needed potash. Uh, uh, so you get it okay. you get it from at wood ashes. Yeah, wood ashes. Okay. And I burn wood as okay. a heating source. Yep. And I had a pan, you know, that collects the ashes under the grates. Sure. Oh, yeah. So anything that's been taken out, like during the winter, you take it out when it's full, yeah, that you that you shouldn't use because it gets all washed into the soil under wherever you dump it. Yeah, so you want to have fresh uh, ash. Yeah. We keep ours, and in, I, in I use that in some uh, compost. Yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah, and you're 11 feet tall right now. Some of them. <laughs> and you have ears that so they pollinated. The well, yeah, one of them's got a potential of four years on one stalk. I know it won't. They won't all develop, but. Yeah. If I get two, I'll be happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're silking out really good, and they're, yeah. you know, starting to get pretty long. I just hope that they actually produce. It's a silver queen is the one I plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a late variety, but yeah. I've always had good luck with, with silver queen. And then last year, they were, you know, going over to check them one day, and they were all on the ground. Mm. And I guess it was coons or something. Yeah, they got in under the coons. wire or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yep, yep, that'll do it. Yeah. Well, okay, well Norm, thanks for the call, and it was uh, it was good talking with you. And, good talking uh, to you too, Peter. We'll take care now. Okay, yeah. thank you for your call, Joel Jim. here. Jim. Okay, I hope this is Sandal, and if it is Sandal from Montpelier, I apologize for being all thumbs again today. I think we have Sandal on the air. Hey, hey Sandal, how are you? Is this you? Yes, hi, I'm here. <laughs> okay, I'm going to... I did get disconnected. Well, Joel, uh, you know... I'm wrapping myself on my own knuckles here. <laughs> Be kind to yourself. <laughs> Sandal, it's so good to hear from you. How's your garden going? Oh, it's booming, Peter. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Some of the late season weeds are also, I'll be honest. Yeah. But some things have done fabulously mm. and some things have done not so fabulously <laughs> but I was dismayed to hear about uh, your issue with the brassicas and the deer coming mm. along Oh yeah. and there is what I do now Peter and folks out there is that in order to prevent swede midge from okay. coming into my broccoli yep. and cauliflower yep. I don't think it affects um Brussels sprouts quite so much. Yeah. But um, I once I've got my seedlings well established, or actually I get most of those from Kate Farm. Sure. And I um, set up a, they're all in the same row, and I set up a tent mm-hmm. with this very fine netting mm-hmm. that is, I think, made especially to help um, prevent sweet midge from getting in on the plants. Okay. And I just leave, I, I put up stakes, oh, maybe three plus feet high, and I dr- put a long line of twine down the uh, top of the stakes and then put the tent over that. Mm-hmm. And I uh, fasten it down with rebar just okay. to hold it in place. So just weight, you mean? The yes, and weight. weight. And okay. rebar is great because you can cover 10, 12 feet, depending on how long your bars are, <laughs> uh, and it's easy to remove. But that has been wonderful. I just harvested eight or nine beautiful heads of broccoli mm, with envious. clean intersections, no evidence oh. of the 
The midge. Sweet midge. Oh, that's so, great. It's a little hard because I can hear myself in the background. I think I'm going to turn my radio down. <laughs> it's hard okay. to talk to somebody and hear them at the same time. And be time. talking to yourself at the same time. Yeah, no, I, I get that. Yeah, that's that's a great um, a great idea. I like that. And uh, it's, it's sort of the way that I'll use the hoop house. It's about the same on a four-by-four four bed. You know, I've, I just use... Um, I use the Agrabon or the we used to call Reme cloth, which yes. is the the fiber, just a, a fiber uh, sheet that's very very thin. So um, and with those, you don't really you don't need for the, any honeybees or anybody in there to pollinate. Correct, right? So, so you can keep them covered, you can keep and that way you don't get. Yeah. Woodchucks or deer yeah. uh, coming to <laughs> harvest the, a little early. I was going to say, and on the backside, you you protected it from the from the deer for sure. Well, that's good. I'm glad you reminded me of that. And, sure. Uh, and then, Peter, I have because it's been busy weekends. I yeah. haven't heard your show oh. every week. Have you alerted folks to the magic of the black light flashlights to find your? Um, Tomato hornworms? Uh, no, no. I, this I hadn't is heard that. a miracle. I'm no just, kidding. I'm breathing the biggest sigh of relief. I learned it from a recent NOFA Vermont workshop that was held in Montpelier to um, talk about insect pests that will be bothering sure. plants yeah, from day one that. on. I saw the uh, and, blurb on it. Yeah. And someone said that you buy a black light flashlight, and I'm guessing that. Probably some hardware stores around here would have them. I ordered mine online. Yeah, sure. And if you go out after dark, doesn't have to be very much after dark, mm-hmm. and shine that flashlight around on your plants, you will see glowing phosphorescent green <laughs> hornworms. And you can pick them off and put them into oh, a container God. of soapy water and goodbye. That's great. And you just have to be brave about going out at night and watch your step, of course. And I went out night after night, starting around August 1st, and I did go out again last night. I don't bother if it's rainy, but I went out last night and still found a residual kind of medium-sized one and small one. Apparently, even the eggs will show up, but I... They're, they're small, so I'm not sure that what I've pinched <laughs> was an egg or something else whitish on the plant. Something but this has just been the greatest um, relief to me because the last two years, tomato hornworms got in, and, mm-hmm. and they're tricky to see even oh, during the day. Absolutely. Uh, so this so black well. light flashlight thing works like a charm. Mm. I'm sorry for the hawk moth that, you know, all of its larvae are going to go someplace oh, else. No, you don't need to worry about that. They're, <laughs> they're going to find on, other plants other, find other places. They're going to find other plants, but, too. They just, they're opportunists, you know. But when you this kind of is... Set up and, and all ready to go, they just uh, go ahead and say, okay. Yeah, and if your kids are allowed to stay up until dark, mm-hmm. they would have a marvelous time doing this. Uh, um, it it's terrific. just magic, and uh, most nights in the last two to three weeks have been pretty mild mm-hmm. and pretty quiet and not mm-hmm. terribly rainy, yep. so I've been out most nights on patrol. I feel like a night watchman at the lure, at the Louvre <laughs> trying to protect <laughs> the Mona Lisa, <laughs> but uh, just a little black light flashlight will do the job, and I, I, I've been trying to spread the word around when I've been at different gatherings with folks who are active gardeners. Well, I'm so glad you called, Sandal. That's just a great tip. And and Joel is looking up already where to where to get a black light because he has so many tomatoes. Oh, in his yes, garden. and they're, and they're just <laughs> terrible. As fascinating as they are, as much as I'm a naturalist as well, yeah. they the damage that they do is just yeah. havoc. And so right now. And I'm just quickly. preparing to cook up my wonderful non-eaten tomatoes <laughs> and with some onions, wonderful onions oh, that we've yeah. had this year, and some zucchini, and yeah, make a, yeah. some good sauces for the winter. So, what uh, what varieties did you plant this year? Um, oh, that's a good question. I had a few um, seeds of um, Oregon Springs left. Mm-hmm. We plant Cosmonaut Volkoff. Mm-hmm. We plant. Grandma Mary's paste tomatoes. We plant San Marzano paste tomatoes, and I've gotten some nice big ones off of there. Um, 
And then there's a couple of others, but I don't have my list right in front of me. Oh, that's um, right. That so, I uh, usually I usually get my seeds from Fedco, and was, uh, um, we've you know we've had good luck. Yeah. Again, lots of watering this year. We had to yeah. save water off the barn roof yep. in yeah. order to be able to water just as much as we could. I mean, yeah. even now, I feel like we should. Yep. Still be planning to water with the high temperatures uh, and couldn't agree uh, more, Sandville. You know, infrequent right showers. So, mm-hmm. so did you hear me talking about? Uh, and maybe you didn't. Uh, the the other day, I was at the Plainfield Farmers Market, and there was this uh, uh, yellow, orange, orange deep uh, looking, you know, orange colored tomato. Oh yes, the beets. Uh, this is a tomato. This was oh, a, oh no, I'm this sorry. was a, a marmalade, and it's uh, high mowing has a seed. Okay, and it is probably one of the most delicious colored tomatoes I've ever had. A lot of times, the yellow tomatoes are a little on the acidic side, and this was as good or better than any red tomato I've ever had. They were so very mild in that sense. They're of... mild in that way. And, and what's uh, the variety, Peter? It's called uh, marmalade. And it was Mom- marmalade? marmalade, just like the the jelly. Uh, oh, the okay. Jam, okay. Marmalade. I'll watch for it. <laughs> and uh, uh, high mowing has it, and it was developed just recently over in New Hampshire at the University of New Hampshire. And uh, it's um, right now, uh, uh, from what they said on the you know on the internet there, that high mowing was was uh, one of the few exclusives that got to to sell it, but it's. Um, it's a it's a fantastic tomato. I just have to say, I, I get a few every week just to make sure it was uh-huh. worth going to the farmers market just for that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> That's where you know I've learned a lot of things to plant oh, for the next year. Um, we plant uh, um, quite a few onions, and mm-hmm. Alan LePage had mm-hmm. tipped us off that the uh, copra variety was not going to be available down mm-hmm. the pike, which it isn't anymore, yeah. and they're our best keepers. But Alan said that Patterson's uh, were equally good, if not better, <clears throat> and so we're just trying those for the first time this year. Oh, cool. and, and we have these others called Ailsa Craig's yeah. that are bigger than softballs oh, right now. Oh, aren't those wonderful? They're not yes. great keepers. But <laughs> they're they going really into, <laughs> into my tomato sauce quite soon. Again, <laughs> to the tomato sauce. And I make a, a, a salsa with the tomatillas. Great. And I use that uh, sweet onion in that. And, sure. And uh, celery and some, you know, red onions just for color and um, boy, that, that is really good. Those onions are so delicious just all by themselves. And I, this is a raw salsa. You know, it's not a cooked salsa. And um, it's really delicious. Very, very good. Great. Well, so, I'm glad to call in and just do a reminder about tenting your <laughs> brassicas. We don't tent the um, uh, kale because that grows mm, pretty mm. Yeah, pretty red, readily yeah. without yeah without any problems. a lot of protection and yeah. you know I think this year more than anything it's been slugs that have been mm. probably in search of moisture <laughs> through the foods that they've eaten and yeah. they <clears throat> they're more prevalent on my cabbages and mm. on the kale. Are you using the sluggo for that? Oh well, yes, I have, and yeah. it's just one of those things that you have to remember to renew it after it <laughs> after it rains. So. After it rains, um, yeah. but they're still around, you know, and and you do realize that, yeah. you know, everything's trying to find food. So. That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> all right, great to talk to you, Peter. I'll Same get off here. and let others call uh, in. All right, Sandal. Thanks, Thanks again for your show yeah. with Joel. It's yeah. awesome, and good luck, Joel. Go out as soon as you can and get those tomato horn rooms. <laughs> I sure will. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't that great? Absolutely great, yeah. <laughs> Should we take a break now? I think right, so, we'll yeah, see, thank we'll you. See you after the break. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. Our number is 802-244-1777 for your comments and questions. And once again, here's Peter. 
Hey, Joel. Yes. We've learned of some interesting things today. I tell you, we? wow. <laughs> I just love this twist. Great program. <laughs> thank you, Sandal. Thank yeah. you, Norm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Peter. I'm learning everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, uh, I, I mentioned that I had gone through to the uh, Montpelier Farmer's Market this morning just before I got here walked through. And uh, some of the peppers that they're growing, you know, they're, they're the size of a softball or, you know, and then there's the, the big long ones. Uh, and uh, just a, just a, it's just a wonderful variety of, of uh, vegetables out there that uh, – that the farmers are growing, and that's a, a real pleasure to see. And um, I, I had said something last week uh, that a few people have mentioned and wondered about. Oh, do we have a call? Yeah. All right, good. Let's get right on. Hi, your uh, first name in town? Oh, Jim Whitchell. Hey, Jim. What's going on? Um. Got a couple of questions. My garden's going really well this year. Lots, lots of good stuff. Yeah. But um, I have a couple. I have a couple of things. My collards and my leeks just don't seem to be doing it. <laughs> they, uh, I mean, they, I, 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 collards are usually prolific in my garden, and this year they don't. They don't seem to be doing anything. Okay. Kinda. When you say they don't seem to, are, well, are the leaves staying small, or are they so? Yeah, they look like ninety-seven pound weaklings. You know, it's like it's the, <laughs> what was those matchbox, those, those sure. things on the back of matchboxes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And the leeks the same way. They just they're growing, but yeah, you know, I've I've lost, I've probably lost half my leeks. They just seem to be wilting away for some mm. reason. Yeah, and the garden's been watered. Everything else is going fine. I got prolific cucumbers, prolific green beans, mm-hmm. uh, kale, Swiss chard, all kinds of good stuff. Tomatoes, but there's a yeah. there's a tra- there's a, a leek moth. Um, there is there is a leek moth, and you can you there's a couple of signs. One is you can look down right in right inside and sometimes you can see it that way and then the mm. other way is if you pull one and it seems like the the roots are are sort of uh, well are eaten and sometimes at that point you might even see the maggot down there eating away at it and it's it's become more of a problem of late uh, like really? most of these things they sort of go through a cycle and uh, um, that would be the um, that would be the simplest thing so the so the, the the moth lays an egg and then the eggs eat from the inside. Yeah, they go. They travel down through the center and. Oh, and so you don't see them. On you the don't inside. necessarily see them. You can oh. see them in the beginning, you know, and they're right right in there. Yeah. And at that point, you can spray for them, you know, and that that sometimes will circumvent their their travel down into yeah. the into the middle, but. Um, I was just talking uh, to again the lady at uh, Littlewoods. Uh, she and she was saying that uh, she actually planted uh, leeks as a trap crop to keep the leek moth away from her onions. Really? Yeah. So the the uh, so the leek moth is becoming a more serious problem as the. Uh, um, you know, as it travels further, uh, actually south, it's been a big problem in Canada, and uh, um, so I, I, we're getting hit with it. Um, the rotation, uh, for one thing, is is important. Uh, second okay. is, uh, you know, when you pull them up, see if there's uh, the um, the grubs or or the maggots are in the in the roots. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and then obviously trim those off and. So if you miss them, there's no, there's not much. Not much you can do at this point, but if you can still see them up top, then you can yeah. spray them with a, a spinosad, um or uh, I don't know that the neem oil is as effective as a spinosad, So in that mm-hmm. case, but once you get an infestation like that, you really need to move your your leek plants far and far away from where you're where you're having that problem. Oh, okay. And okay. also, um, what uh, Sandra was just saying before, Sandra um, uh, mentioned that she was covering her for the broccoli midge, 
which has uh, been a problem too, and that's been growing a, uh, you know more prevalent right. of late, is that you can grow them under a, um, you know an Arime or Agrabond uh, uh, cover because they right. you know they fly in and then they land, lay their eggs, and then they go down into the ground. But yeah. at that point, you sort of you've gone by, you know, you've gone by. Yeah, and you've lost it. Yeah, and it's similar, and this is, again, uh, it's not the same uh, bug, but it's similar for broccoli plants. There is a, a root maggot that affects um, all the cabbage plants, and, mm. and again, you can pull that up and you can see it. If you yeah. catch, catch that early enough, you can actually uh, take your finger around the the stalk and put um, uh, some uh, wood ashes right in there. And, oh, and that yeah. will set them back and sometimes absolutely kill kill those uh, the root maggots on the and that's just uh, prevalent for the uh, for the cabbage family yeah yeah okay so you can try that even at this point it may may work well but I would look for it again rotation is critical for okay. Uh, okay. in your garden and make sure you don't plant any other cabbage plants in that same spot. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times those things come in on sets that you buy. And oh. That, that happened to me uh, because mm. I, I bought Yeah, some. both of these were bought, and I'm not mm. sure. We go to Cape Farm, but also I might have got some someplace else. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it's, you know, it's it happens, and uh, it's... Um, you know, when you uh, transplant, you inspect a little bit on the on the root ball, and you can usually see them if they're there. And also, if you're having a problem with them, you can do a little preventative by putting a little wood ash right around there. It does the, okay. the plant does okay. not mind it one bit, but the the grubs or the maggots in there will are definitely uh, affected by it. Yeah, yeah. So you can give that a try. Hey, here's a question. Mm-hmm. How long is wood ash good for? I don't have a wood stove, but I have neighbors who do. <laughs> How long is wood ash good for? Well, wood like ash, a- as long as you keep them dry from the time they come out of the oven, you can keep them in a, in a tin can for quite a long time. Oh, okay. If, okay. if they become wet or, you know, if your tin can is outdoors and... Yeah, I'll have you- to hit up my neighbors for some wood ash. <laughs> That's next, right. Next- Next winter, yeah, and they would be probably more than glad to share. <laughs> right, no, I'm sure they would. <laughs> I, I've got a 50 gallon barrel of them right now. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, I'm trying to think of what you could use instead of that. I, it never occurred to me that that might be hard to find. Um, well, I, not, I, I, I wouldn't say it's hard to find, but I don't. I, I don't have it myself, so I yeah. have, have to give my neighbors a, yeah. a metal can to put it in. <laughs> That's it. Let it sit outside for a couple of days, dry to cool off. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, good show. Mm. It's been a good summer so far. Actually, mm. I haven't had the. I do some. I do some watering, but haven't had to water much here in Waitsville. It's been. Really. We get, we've gotten lots of lots of good rainstorms. Uh, Wow. Yeah, I've watered a few times. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised. That's that's good. You're oh, one oh. of the lucky ones for sure. Cucumbers, prolific cucumbers. <laughs> they're, they're coming out our ears. Good tomatoes. That's um, a good problem to have. What do you do with the cukes? Uh, pickle them. Do have sours. Uh, mm-hmm. Do a lot of um, do a lot of salads. Just cucumber salad. Mm-hmm. Cucumber use them for. You know, my wife uses them for. We give the cucumbers. Give, give them away too. But oh sure. I probably I, I have a whole half shelf of, of uh, half sour pickles now. Uh, well, I, uh, um, I you know I chop them up real thin. Oh, but uh, cucumber soup too. That's a cucumber soup. Really? You can freeze. Yeah, mm-hmm. cucumber soup with a little. Uh, Tell me about that. She processes it, does it in a wood in a food processor. I think there's sour cream in it, some other spices. It's just a cold soup. It's like you you eat it cold. But no you can kidding. freeze it and just unfreeze it and let it come to room temperature and, and it's delicious. Yeah. So this was yeah. uh this is just cucumbers in the fruit shop processor. Yeah, cucumbers in the fruit processor, seed you seed them, put, mm-hmm. put them in. I'm trying to think what she I'm I'm sitting here by the computer, I can probably she's 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 outside, I'm not sure but I think it's sour cream and some spices. Yeah, it sounds right. Yeah. 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 And just uh Mix it up, and uh, it's great cold. We had some the we had some the other night. It was just it's delicious. It's a 
great. You know, it's an appetizer kind of sure. thing. Yeah. You, could you use put it, some bread. Put use some, it a dip um, with, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah with, some bread, uh, you know. Some yeah. garlic, some shake some garlic on the, you know, rub some garlic on bread and break it up and toast it and, and put it on top. It's great. Jim, you're making me hungry. Well, I get hungry, yeah. And it's easy. That's the best part about it. It's easy to store. You just put it in a plastic container yeah. and throw it in the freezer. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, yeah. well, I always like to make the um, uh, what I call a Greek salad, and that's the, the cucumbers chopped up and the, usually cherry tomatoes, but any kind of tomato chopped up. And then the uh, feta cheese and uh, um, calamatra olives. And yeah, yeah, no, we have that. Yeah, yeah, I'd love those. You get some uh, chopped up potato or something, sliced potato. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so huh. no, words, everything else is good, but the, those those two were puzzling me. They kind of. I suspect uh, usually have collards coming out the ears. Oh, absolutely! Ears, yeah. yeah, what a great vegetable too. I mean, yeah, well, we do lots of collards, you know, southern style collards. Is uh, that's with the uh, the butter and vinegar like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this, no. this year they're just kind of yeah. Yeah, but, my wife makes that, and and it is so good. Oof. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, the collards, uh, was also, they just absolutely stripped every single leaf off the plants, the deer. Huh. And, yeah. uh, I was, uh, you know, it's just, uh, we're not living at the house now until, right. until November. Right. So I came back on Saturday after the show and I, I'm looking and saying, well, you know, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> there are no leaves on my broccoli, oh. <laughs> on my kale. Uh, or my collards, none of them. Well, this year, actually, for the first time in a long time, I've had, I gave up trying them, eggplants. I've gotten, Mm. I have one good one coming right now, and Mm. we've already had a couple. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've, (laughs) if I used to be able to grow them, and then for some reason they just pooped out, but this year I tried some. Mm. The eggplants are working well. Did you try the Epsom salt on them? No, I didn't really put much of anything except some, um, some BT to yeah. early on, so yeah. there was something looked well, like it was eating the leaves, and yeah. that was about it. It needs the manganese, and uh, uh, you know that seems to be the easiest and quickest way to. So what? You Epsom salts? Yeah, Epsom salts. Just uh, you know, uh, a teaspoon or so on each plant when you plant it, and that uh, guarantees that it'll have plenty of that, which is you know. It's sort of like with uh, broccoli. If it's hollow in the center, it needs a little boron, you know. Not much, yeah. but, you know, it needs some. Yeah. Little things make it a big difference on the plants. I even for the first time this has ever happened to me, I've had, I have squash plants growing up my fence. <laughs> they're, they're, literally, they're literally pulling. They're literally, I had to prop up some of the plastic fence because they're growing up. And they're, they're, I have these, these big, I had two um, spaghetti squash growing oh, probably. Yeah four or five feet off the ground going up the fence. And that is a key problem with him growing up, that's for sure. Right, it? it pulls down the fence, right? <laughs> but, but so far they've, they've stayed inside, you know, they've stayed inside, so they oh. haven't been outside for the deer to eat. Yeah. But, um, well, but, yeah, good to talk to you, Jim. Yeah. Good to I, talk to you, too. Got... Good show this year. Okay, okay. great. Take I'm care. you enjoyed it. Bye. And we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, Nola will talk to you. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. Nola is like a dream come true. She's sweet and unaffected. Everything Nola seems to do is really unexpected. Nola has <laughs> hey, Nola, you there? Hey. Yeah, I'm there. We've got to update those words a little bit. <laughs> Just a couple of odds and ends. First, my husband walked in the house a few minutes ago and he said, Hey, tell him about this. So, I believe this was a gift from my dad before he died many years ago. It's a huge tome of a book from a company called McMaster and Carr, and they have the blacklight flashlights. No kidding. So I would assume if you went to, I don't know how to use a computer, but if you went to your computer and punched that in, Mm -hmm. they show up there. That's great. 
and that's where we've got ours from. Oh, and um, you you use it for everything. Everything. <laughs> when this breaks and that goes wrong, McMaster and cars. It's it's an engineering sort of a catalog, but it, it's huge. It, it's it's incredible. Huh? So um, M little C and then M A S T E R and C A R R. All right. McMaster and Carr. All right. Good. So just a little update on <laughs> my precious paper wasp friends. Mm. They nailed me yesterday. Uh-oh, I'm sorry. So my kindness and love level has dropped a little bit. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> it wasn't that close, but boy, those guys, I had a Jimmy Durante nose last night. Oh. They nailed me right on my oh. nose. And so I think we're going to get ourselves as long of a hose as we can connect mm-hmm. together and, mm-hmm. and give them a shower. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Especially since we're having guests at the end of the week Absolutely. from New York City. Yeah, that happened to me where uh, the it was the uh, Yellow Jackets had actually created a huge nest under the back deck, which I wasn't aware of. But they they don't actually seem to be all that active before August. Once August comes and the fruits start to fall, they seem to really uh, yeah. come to their own. And uh, so my my poor son, one of the kids was starting to throw up, and he thought that he would just grab the kid and go out to the back deck. He got onto the back deck, and then he was swarmed by these yellow jackets so we had a kid oh, and oh. yellow jackets it was it was a it, it, it was terrible it was just yeah. awful you they, know. they've got quite the bite yes Those, uh, yeah. wasp family insects really know how to yeah. leave their mark yes they do so we'll try to kindly ask them to see you later get the heck out of here <laughs> all right i'm pretty sure last Last year, I shared one verse from this song. Mm-hmm. I'm going to share the last verse with you okay. and wish you a good weekend. Yeah. This is the anti-garden song. <laughs> All right? You get up early, work till late, watch moles and mice get... Hold on. Not good eyes. Watch moles and mice get overweight. <laughs> they eat their dinners on a plate. That you, with the hard work you have done, mm-hmm. as you sow, so you shall reap. But I smell like a compost heap. <laughs> I'm going to get that lousy creep who said gardening was fun. <laughs> so, I say shut up. Just shut up. It is fun. It's an adventure. And yeah. it ain't over yet. And that's the best part of it all. Yeah, yeah. I, that one of my notes uh, for for today was um, try. Uh, let's see. Let's see if I wrote it down. Did I? Anyways, try to resist the uh, idea that gardening is over, because there's still a lot of things that you can plant and seeds you can sow, and lots of things to do for sure in the garden. For sure. So keep. Keep reminding everyone of that. <laughs> it ain't over till it's over, and it's not over. So be well. All right. Respect paper wasps. Paper wasps are... I'm sorry that you got hit. <laughs> oh, boy. Now I appreciate, and now I know why everybody keeps saying, oh, and the amazing thing is their nest now or their home, their mm-hmm. castle, mm-hmm. It, the entire propane tank mm-hmm. is ensconced. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's quite impressive. Yeah, I've taken some photographs, but it's also time to go. Yeah, time they, to go. They work hard, but yeah. why did they choose that spot? I don't know. Well, I think actually there's something about the uh, the the smell of the propane. Ah, oh, they're getting high. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it, it's it uh, smells. Uh, it's a little bit like. Um, um, Oh, a manure smell or a compost smell or something, mm. you know, like the uh, like the rotten fruit and stuff. So, all right, I think it it's duplicates well, that. Well, you'll hear next week whether okay. I've been completely yes. devoured by them. And I, I know that you won't do this, but it, it is a thought. There is a a very good product, of course, called Raid. <laughs> I'm sure you know. Oh, I've that no, has a very very long. That's when everybody had a can. <laughs> Garage, 
and every time they saw any living creature, they didn't want no, to no, see no. it. No, no, no. I reserve it for the the wasp and the, the, and the yellow jackets and the. Well, we'll start with something non like water. <laughs> well, I'm just saying this is if that doesn't work, if all you do is just make them mad, then you may have to. Well, we're going to get a choir out there singing so long, <laughs> farewell, <laughs> goodbye, Avito <laughs> Zane, and they'll get into it and go and yeah. fly away. Well, I wish you well. Be careful, Nola. Be Thank careful you. out there. You have a good, have a good. Yeah, Take care. I will. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we are, we are, well, we're past done. Thank you for letting us go a little long, Joel. I appreciate it. And we will wrap it up and say thank you for, and uh, we'll see you next week in the garden. Inspired row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden with Peter Burke has been brought to you by the Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Poly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington, where one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more. V's Flowers and Garden Shop in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Sticksandstuff.com online. Find store locations, hours, and many specials. By P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Walkett. Family milled lumber for all your projects. PNR Lumber, they're on Facebook as well. Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com By Dandelion Acres Garden Center in Bethel. DandelionAcres.com Be sure to join us next Saturday at 1230 in the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Someone warn them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down Till the rain comes tumbling down Inch by inch